You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson, John Congdon, and Tom Rideout. This is episode 196 of PHP Ugly. And, I mean, by ugly, if you don't watch a stream, you'll know where the ugly comes from. I'm your host, your ugly host, Eric. And with me tonight, my good friend, Tom Rideout. I'm beautiful. You are a stunningly handsome gentleman, you know. <laughs> as far as homeless people go, that is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I look like I could have had it all together at one point. <laughs> <laughs> you look like you know you had ambitions at some point in your life and yeah. just it, you lost it all. It looks like it wasn't a me issue, just something happened to me that couldn't be fixed. <laughs> You're broken. Wait, we're, we're hitting too close to home now. <laughs> <laughs> so we're a man short tonight. I mean, let's let's address the elephant in the room or, or the lack of one of our elephants in the room. Um Mr. Congdon is not here. And as a matter of fact, we may be changing things around a little bit to accommodate schedules. We need to talk about that actually a little bit uh, after the show. But yeah, um, no no John Congdon tonight. It's just me and Tom. So this should be a very short show because Tom and I really don't like each other too much and yeah, rarely it's, talk. It's a bit of a rivalry. <laughs> What's going on, bud? Mm, keeping busy. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, I I was doing an interview thing uh, a while back, and it was a couple you know weeks process. Didn't hear anything for a while. Just heard back that uh, they've decided not to open that position, and <laughs> instead they have a subsidiary company that is a senior development position that is pays more. And so I'm applying for that one instead. So now it's a, pays more. Yes, but now it's a new uh, review process. Oh, John wants to sneak in late. I know. I, I'm actually wondering what this is going to do because I already have OBS streaming. I don't know if I can switch scenes like that. Well, why don't we why don't we just take a, a ten minute break and, and relaunch? We haven't gotten anywhere. We're only five minutes in. Uh, Keisha, what do you think? Should we wait for John? I think Keisha is probably the only person watching right now. So since he's in chat talking, see if he thinks we should wait for John or not. Is this John's hold music? Yes. Make sure, John. We're we're live, so just so you know, yeah. You see, John hears it. This is what I'm saying. I hear How's it, John. I, I hear it. It's just low. Whatever. All right. All right. And it says he's recording. All right. Uh, well, that's weird. Hey, John joined us. How you doing, John? <laughs> <laughs> I'm having as much fun this week as I did last week. Excellent. <laughs> I, I'm happy I made it. Sort of. Hope you're. I've, you've already been drinking because. Yeah. That's good. Went, went on a nice little little date with the wife back down in Thomas's old old hood. Oh, really? Oh, Estinas? Yep. We we stopped at Las Olas. Was it? Yeah, the little Mexican joint there, right across from the Kook. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we we did a little bike ride down there. Went over to the beach for dinner. Had a margarita on the beach. It was nice. Masked up the whole time, I assume. Of course. Of course. It's, it's the only way to be right now. What did I miss? Let's start there. Now that my my mic and headphones seem to be working. So the, the job that I had applied for <clears throat> no longer exists. They decided not to create that position. But within the company, they have a subsidiary that has a, the same position at a higher paying role. 
So now I am starting over the application process with the same person, but a different group of people. <laughs> it's like, didn't we do all this? Can we just bypass part of this? Well, there's a coding test that I got to do this weekend. So uh, you really? Yeah, man. I'm, I'm asking for big bucks. They're getting more, out, more coding out of you than your job gets out of you. Shh. <laughs> Hey, John, you're wearing glasses. Is that a new thing, or have you always had glasses? You know, I've had these things for years. Uh, I went to an eye doctor, shoot, probably five, six years ago at least, and it was they were given to me just to take the strain off, and I never wear them. And cleaning out my office, I reorganized in here, and I, I found these things, and I'm like, like, I can normally see just fine. And I put them on, mm. and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can see so much clearer. <laughs> That's so how I started. I, so I am trying to, to wear them a little bit more often now. The the problem is now if I if I don't wear them, I, I started the exact same way you started. The doc said, Here, "Here's a here's a, a very light prescription just to take the strain off your eyes." And now that was about four or five years ago. I can't read without them. Like I can't read anything on my screen without my glasses on. See, this is just like the mask thing. It's a total scam. It's a total scam. <laughs> Total scam. The mask thing Total, is, yeah. yeah. If you hadn't uh, been wearing those glasses, you wouldn't need them. That's right. I, I would say yes, but I didn't wear mine. And I, I've just noticed over the past few years, like, just a slight change. I, I've always prided myself on having great eyesight. And I just, I just see it slipping and it's frustrating me and when mm -hmm. i put these things on and i, I saw the the letters just a little crisper i was like oh man it was so depressing it's starting it's starting yeah I, it's like i i hit over 40 and then the stupid pandemic where i'm not getting out to play ultimate i've got shoulder problems knee problems eye problems i'm just freaking falling apart all of a sudden and i just want to cry and be done <laughs> You're not even you're not even paying for braces yet. My daughter, we just got the estimate for her wisdom teeth removed and it's twenty six hundred dollars. Yeah. No. Nuh uh. I'm telling you, you you look, you 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 look how jacked up my teeth are. That's because my parents didn't get my wisdom teeth pulled out, they didn't give me braces, and I, I have got jacked up teeth. I if I was more of a man, I would get it done as an adult, but now it just seems too painful, and I'm going to die here soon anyway, so why bother? But <laughs> Well, no, here's, here's the worst part. She thinks that she's going to say something untoward while she is under. And so Your daughter? Yeah, so she is now refusing to have it done. <laughs> uh, Eric, what are you going to say, John? Go, go Invisalign. It's straighten. It'll straighten them out. It's, it's not painful. It's yeah, but painful. I'm not like you. I didn't. I don't have like a small gap. I mean, I literally have a tooth behind a tooth. I got like the whole shark thing going on. I got like rows of teeth going back well, in my mouth. Well, that's the whole point with the Invisalign is they it just slowly moves them. So you, every couple of weeks you change out the tray, mm -hmm. and the new ones are, they just fit a little tighter. And it's a little more of a pain in the ass, and then it it takes time, but. Yeah, and by they, the time you're move. done, you're a virgin again. <laughs> Isn't that how that works? Is that an option? No. Huh? What are we talking about? What is this show? Are we coders? And look, the chats are... We've lost all the chat. They've left. Okay, I, I, have to, I have to start with one thing, just to get it out of the way. 
Uh, okay. We've been talking the last couple of weeks about facial recognition. Facial recognition. Uh, the story this week is facial recognition leads to wrongful arrest of black man in Detroit. <laughs> wrongfully Shocker. arrested. You Elf. you could not wait to share that one, could you? Nope. Not, not which card? Which card is this? Oh, I, I see it. I got it. Uh, let me uh, uh, let me put this up for, on the stream. Held for 24 hours in jail and identified as not the person they had previously identified him as. Uh, he was accused of shoplifting. So they are using facial recognition to arrest people for shoplifting, which I believe we had discussed <clears throat> was the worst possible scenario. Yeah. Yeah. ACLU has filed a complaint against the Detroit Police Department. Yep. Yeah, we're going to have to figure this out. I'm telling you, it's not going away. We need to understand. We need to figure out how we're going to kind of regulate this and when it's when it's the correct time to use it and when it's not. Well, when the- it's, it's important to notice that, that Rank One, the company that provided the software, had stated that the facial match should not be used as the basis for an arrest. There you go. I, I think that that's but super smart of them. And, and actually, if you, if you think about it, hold on. If you think about it, that is that's the position a lot of facial recognition services should say that this should not be used by law enforcement because you know lawsuits are coming. You know that's happening. Sure. So but why don't they're gonna, because they're gonna they're gonna lose the, the lawsuits though? The, the police have the right to detain someone for twenty four hours without evidence to await charges. So they're just gonna no, do no. that. What I'm saying is the lawsuits are going to go against the services. I, if I get, if I service, get wrong with the, Before deploying the service, they had said to the police department, don't use it to arrest someone. That's what you're not, saying. You're not, you're not listening to me. That's exactly why I'm saying that's smart. That's what all these facial recognition services should be doing. I think they are. But the problem is the police don't care. The police can arrest you, detain you for 24 hours while they're running running up charges. Yeah, that, that has nothing to do with facial recognition. They can always sure, do that. The, that's, right. that's part of the problem. But adding but what, facial recognition to it gives them another reason to just do it without any any interest in the public good. They, they, ne- they never do it in any interest of the public good. They, they always suspect drugs, smell alcohol. Oh, There's, we're getting way too political here. I'm just saying that the facial recognition doesn't factor into that piece of it. I think the company, however, who who belongs to the facial recognition was super smart. You're wrong. The facial there are facial recognition services out there targeted directly towards law enforcement. I think that is that that's going to be an opening for a lot of lawsuits. So yeah, that's I, that was my only point of that. As far as I know, all the systems that are targeting law enforcement are saying this should not be the only evidence you use to arrest someone. Oh, man. You know, I was thinking about something else uh, we talked about, and I'm moving on from facial recognition before we get too political. We talked, I think last week, you were talking about how you're getting uh, ads on your Samsung television. Yes. It it reminded me of something, and uh, we have one of our developers at Diego Dev uh, turned me on to Piehole, and I thought, wow, what a great idea for the house, because like I said, I have the same issue with the Roku's and stuff, but you know, I have raspberry Pis. I have like three or four of them now that I'm always looking for little projects to do with them. And I think, I think I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to implement a, a pie hole, which for, for those that don't know, pie hole is, is a DNS service that runs on your raspberry Pi. And then there's a couple of ways you can do it. You can point individual devices to it as, it's, as it's DNS service or, you can just point your home router to it as 
the DNS service. But what it does is it filters out ads, malicious sites. You can even, it has a web interface, so you can even have it block like adult sites and things like that. But the cool thing about it is it actually, you know, you then update your tele. Well, if you do it to your home router, you don't have to update anything because typically the home router, when it assigns out IP addresses, it tells all those IP addresses that it's, you know, come to me for DNS. So unless you've already manually configured your DNS, you don't have to worry about it. But you can go in and manually configure, you know, your televisions if you don't want to do it that way. I think I'm thinking I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to set up my Roku's and my televisions to use it and see what it does to filter out ads and things like that. But you should think you about really, that. I mean, are, you, are you really bothered by the ads on your Roku? Well, I'm not. I, I not particularly. Now, I, now it's just a matter of principle. I just want to do it because I'm a geek and I like doing these sorts of things. <laughs> okay. But also, what I'm going to probably do, what and what does bother me is if I if this works as advertised, and everybody, including our our person at Diego Dev, says it, it worked flawlessly. Like he rarely had an issue with it. And if that if this is the case, I w- I will completely buy a Raspberry Pi, take it out to my mom's the next time I go out to Arizona, and put that on their network because. My mom is horrible at at ads. And every ad that plop, pops up on her computer, she clicks on. Every, you know, hey, we're Microsoft, there's a problem with your system, click this, you know, link to share your screen, she will click it. She's really bad at that. If I can put that on her network in I I would I would rest much better at night knowing that that that's there for them. So I will I will be doing that as a, as an actual hey this is a necessity sort of scenario. Now you know there's a new Raspberry Pi 4. Yeah, I, that's it's not, that's it's actually not new, is it? It's been around for No, a while. it's not new. No, no, there's a new model of the Raspberry Pi 4. Oh, right. Yeah, I did see that. So I do have this 4 and I use this. John turned me on to this hack that allows me to plug this directly into my iPad and I keep this, I have a, a directory on my laptop where I keep all my repos that I'm working on. So I will periodically rsync it to this. And what that gives me the ability to do is when I go to Arizona, if I don't want to take my laptop, I take this with me, I can plug this in and I have I, I have access to a completely functional computer from my iPad. And at first I didn't think it was that beneficial because I'm like, well, I could always SSH to a machine. I mean, we have a couple dozen servers out there I could SSH to and I could kind of do the same thing. But it's growing on me. Like, I definitely feel better having this. And I've used it a couple times. And I'm like, you know, that actually, that actually works works nicely. So, yeah. I like my I like my little Raspberry Pi, right? Hmm? Only if you remember to rsync to it before you you take off. Well, no, not really, because I mean they're all GitHub repos. So if I forget to rsync, I just I just do a git pull and mm. it pulls everything. You know, it gets the branch back to wherever it needs to be. So I just rsync just to save the hassle of having to to do pulls, and that's that's the only reason I do that. Great sense. thing about GitHub. Yeah, I will. I will consider it because I'm running a, a Raspberry Pi as a as a Kodi machine, and I can install Pihole on top of that. So I'll try. Interesting. It. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, one I, thing is, is 
I'm, I, I have the expensive model of the Samsung TV, so the ads are not that obtrusive or intrusive. Mm. They just, I, I could find them when I want to. There's a little home screen button that gives me all the Samsung stuff, and it's got ads. But it's not the worst. Well, it, right before the show, I, I did a quick uh, YouTube search for it. I, find, I found Linus Tech Tips, where he did the Raspberry Pi hole, and they happened to have a, a Samsung television. And it was blocking those ads, but the the interesting thing, and I don't know why I didn't think this wouldn't work, but uh, he pulled up YouTube on the television. I'm like, well, it's not going to block the ads on the YouTube app on the television. And oh, yeah, it does. It, yeah, it looks like it does. So it's just kind of across the board. You know, it does a pretty good job. I'm willing to give it a shot. Now I'm a I'm a YouTube premium subscriber though, so I don't see YouTube. A lot of Did you guys talk about your weeks already? Mm-mm. I did a little bit. What? How about you start, John? Sure, just because I put it on my Trello board. <clears throat> I I hate Thursdays. <clears throat> so Thursday. Well, wow. I'm so happy to hear that. Wow. That that wasn't a little direct. <laughs> sure. Personal attacks. Hope All everybody right. in chat appreciates that. All right. Just mute. Let me, let me rephrase. I hate Thursday mornings. Uh, Wednesdays are are the release days for uh, phone burner. So to, uh, without fail, Thursday morning there's always issues. Today was no exception, except it seemed like nonstop with customer service saying, hey, this is broken, that's broken. And it's like, but why? And so I spent the morning firefighting and then I hit one issue that was just boggling my mind. And I actually fixed it yesterday where I did it directly in the database. It was a big database update, updated a few thousand rows. And of course, not thinking everything through, it caused other issues. And it, it was frustrating. I put a hack in the in place in production to to work through it, and you know, apologizing to other people like, "Hey, sorry, this was an issue. It shouldn't have been." And they were super cool about the fact that the culture of coding a few years ago, when I wrote the the original feature, was very uh, cowboy coding style. Like, I just went in, I started coding, and then as I was creating the feature, it was like, "Oh, well, what if we could do this? And what if we could do that?" So it was like just constantly jamming feature on top of feature like it's one one cohesive thing but the the nuances of how things worked weren't well thought out ahead of time so mm-hmm. it led it led to a lot of technical debt written 2 years ago where any minor change now is just compounded. It's so hard to work through these issues and it's so frustrating. Uh, point of the story being technical that sucks, spending the extra time up front architecting, thinking through uh, your your future set first mm-hmm. we, so beneficial i've been <laughs> we've we've been practicing that on, on lots of different projects lately like hey let's sit here and talk about the way this should work not just oh we know we need this small piece and then oh now we're gonna bolt this other piece on if you can can stop for you know just an hour or two where you get a few people talking about a, a problem working through all those details it'll make your life a lot better down the road. Yeah, I agree. 100%. It, I it was I, a shitty I wish I morning, could disagree. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I almost missed... We had a very important client meeting this morning, and I almost told Eric that I was going to have to miss it because it was just nonstop. I, we got a bug 
in our Discord coding channel that I can guarantee just trumps whatever the bug you encountered was this morning. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ryan CCO asked, am I missing something here? This looks like a year, month, date, hour, minute, second, timestamp, 1987-04-05 at 02-33-58. And he was getting an invalid format error on it. And swooping into the rescue, our friend Maxim... Maxim... Maxim Bodnar says some time zones switch to daylight saving times on April 5th. So the time value between 2 a.m. and 3 a.m. is impossible. (laughs) Could you really could you imagine encountering this bug? How do you know that? First of all, (laughs) who does that? Who who switches? So his response was, yeah, it's the kind of thing you never know until you have the bug. So I'm guessing he had this bug at some point. But what a what a living nightmare that without somebody just <laughs> having the answer. And that's why you should be part of the PSP Ugly Discord channel right there, buddies. Could you? I mean, that just just reading that hurt my brain so much. Who switches daylight savings set on April 5th? When do we do it? Actually, I say that. I don't know when we do it. It. it they changed it recently as on the on the the fallback. I forget which one. They changed it like by three weeks. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Every year I'm looking up when when does it change? Yeah, I just wait. I wait, and it does. It, well, it does help that ninety percent of my clocks now all change automatically. Like I have like three yeah. clocks I have to manually change. But yeah, the last the last daylight savings time I was drinking, watching TV and looked at the time and went, whoa, how did I stay up this late? (laughs) Uh, March 8th was our our daylight saving forward. And November 1st is our fallback. See, I just rely on people on Slack saying, hey, don't forget this weekend. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's me. Spring forward, fall back. Uh, that's the other thing I, I always remember. Well, then the next question or, is how do you how do you get that time that time into your database to begin with, or is it really just your time zone agnostic until you go to spit it out in a different time zone? Right. Uh, yeah, I, I imagine believe, that would be the situation. I believe MySQL just changed their formatting, their default <laughs> formatting for dates internally, or was that Laravel? It's hard to keep up. Or was that Laravel? Oh, you know, we did find out or what I learned this week. John might have already known this. Uh, Derek, the the person behind XDebug, he also wrote the date time for PHP. No kidding. No, yeah, I was I was floored. I'm like, really? He he wrote date time, huh? I, I don't know why it surprises me. Somebody wrote it. No reason it wouldn't have been him. I mean, he's a super super smart individual. So just it's just kind of cool, like. Oh, cool. I, I met the guy who wrote the date time function for PHP. <laughs> and and if we ever get back to being able to go to conferences, all of our listeners can meet him too, because he's often at uh, the PHP conferences around the mm-hmm. country, around the world, he's, actually. He's a big conference goer. Yeah. yeah he goes to a lot of them. Okay. Sorry, you didn't, you didn't get to talk about your week. I, my week's my week. I... I, I it's, Pretty much the same old thing every week. Why do you laugh? <laughs> I don't know. I set up a, a perfect segue and just ro- steamrolled over. What was I supposed to segue to? I, 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 I'm very confused. I don't know. <laughs> do you guys have a PHP 8 plan? Plan to no. install it. <laughs> plan to run it. See what happens. Well, we know that the new timeframes for long-term support and security fixes, once 8 comes out, you got i think a year and a half until you're on mm-hmm. it so i feel like planning for going to eight is going to be have to it's going to have to be part of your development cycle well i, I think that's 
that's the life of that's the 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 modern day life of a PHP developer. You're all you're always. I mean, even a Laravel developer more so. But you're always you're always looking at the at the next version because it's now on such a re- regular basis. You know what's coming, so you're just you're just tracking it. But we had this conversation. Fortunately, the changes between versions now have gotten much smaller. So it's not as painful. Of a, if, if you made the jump from, from 5, 6 to 7, your life has been pretty good. And it should it should remain pretty good moving forward. That's the plan. Especially, if you, pay, especially if you pay attention to deprecation notices. I yeah. think that's one of the biggest improvements PHP has made is deprecating before removing. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited. I know they just released. Uh, I don't know Alpha uh, became available for testing. I think today was it today or yesterday? I, just I saw today. that coming. Yeah, yeah, I saw that coming on ter- internals. I've been trying. So I think I shared with you guys last week, and I, I really went off on a tangent when I was recording PHP podcast, which I ended up cutting the whole thing out. But um, I had interviewed the the PHP internal people who are releasing. Uh, um, PHP eight and uh, yeah, it, it was. I mean, it was enlightening. It, so every every since then, I, I'm really trying to. I really want to get involved with internals. So I've been reading the 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 mailing list again. Like previously, I had kind of stopped reading the mailing list and started going to that externals.io, which is still a fantastic way to read internals because everything gets threaded nicely and formatted nicely. But I, I've started. I started trying to keep on top of the emails as they come in. Now uh, I, I've kind of I bubbled it back up to notify me or, or to have to show when I have internal emails to read. So I'm I'm trying to get more involved. I'm trying to I'm trying to to kind of figure out like what can I do like like I think this weekend I'm I'm going to tr- try to compile PHP eight and you know try to see what that whole process looks like but I'm going to get involved I don't know how but I I hey I've been breaking shit on the PHP level for years I'm going to do it in core I'm breaking shit in core it's coming it's coming hard <laughs> but they were they were very inspiring so I, yeah. I I'm I'm going to try we also talked about on PHP podcast. But you asked if we were had a preparedness plan for eight. The fact that a lot of us are using Docker for development makes upgrading at least local very easy. So that locally, as I'm developing, I'm testing eight while continuing to write seven four code for some mm-hmm. period of time. Then from there, from there, once once all the developers are like, yeah, we've been running this for weeks, months, whatever it is, we have a comfort level that nothing is going to break. Even though we don't hit every section of code, you can then get it onto development or staging servers, do a little more testing there, and then finally roll it out to production. We, we actually just walked a client through a very similar workflow uh, where we've been trying for years to get him off five six, and it was just it was just too challenging. I mean, the environment the environment was too big. We started converting their environment to Docker containers, and then because of that, just what John said, we were able to to update or upgrade the PHP to different versions to see where things started breaking. And, you know, we went through a whole series of testing. We actually deployed to production. And, of course, once you deploy to production, the, those very edge cases start to become evident. So 
we had to roll it back. But again, you know, Docker containers made that super simple to do. And we made a few more updates and we pushed to production again and been there for about a week, I want to say, maybe a little longer than a week. And I tell you, Docker has been such a lifeline. Uh, it's fantastic. I, I can't. One of the things I've been considering doing since we're talking about this is I'm, you know, I, I, I like valet. I, I really, really enjoy valet, but I do run into certain issues using it. I'm seriously considering uninstalling all my services on my local machine and just going straight Docker. I mean, I, I, I'm just getting so. Docker is getting so prevalent in our environments and it's getting, it's getting so many more people have gotten their head around Docker that, you know, everybody's using it and it's, it's, it's easier to understand how to configure it or, or just my, just from the experience, I'm, I'm understanding how to configure it more. I'm thinking about removing my web servers, my PHP, everything from my local system and just going straight Docker. See, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't had, be against that. Yeah. I haven't had a web server on, on my, machine in a long time it actually got to a point where i had nginx running every time i restarted the laptop i got frustrated because i'd go to start up my docker containers and it just wouldn't work i'm like what's going on and then oh yeah i gotta i gotta stop nginx shut down that's where that's where i'm at right now it's like when i want to run docker i'm like oh crap i gotta go shut down all these other services because you know i, I want to shut down my sequel i want to shut down my web server because I want I don't want to have to change the ports and stuff and I just like it you know forwarding on the right ports so yeah but but even even still once you once you go to the right site on the right port your your browser keeps it for you right it's not like you have to remember mm-hmm. oh for this one I'm on port eighty eighty this one I'm on eighty eighty one once you once it's in there it autofills, you should be good to go. Yeah, I, I think this is this is one of those situations where like things are incrementally improving, where we had Vagrant and then Valet, and then we've got the Docker stuff. And uh, you know, you can go in your IDE and run NPM run serve and it'll host your Laravel stuff on a just a randomly assigned port. But I feel like there isn't a system wide thing to just manage development of webs where it's like it just manages the whole thing for you. You don't have to worry about it. Evil box, man. Well, I'm telling you. You gotta look at that devil box. The devil box is Docker it, containers, and it, it it's it acts very much like valet, where you say, okay, here you know, here's a directory that ha- that has all my websites, and it starts to configure it for you. I'm sorry, John, I cut you off twice there. No, no worries. I don't know enough about devil box to, to to talk about it, but the the issue we had recently was somebody running the wrong version of PHP, where if you can. Mm. If you can match your the version of PHP that you have in production with what you're running locally, it's going to save you a hell of a lot of headaches. So a Docker container per project just makes more sense to me. Instead of trying to have some solution that that fits everything, mm. you might as well you might as well configure per service. It's funny. I I, I reached out to um, to Joe Ferguson today. Uh, he's he's a big guy in the uh, PHP world, but um, I reached out to him specifically because I had to install homestead for a project I'm, I'm working on for a client and I, I was having i was having an issue it was it wasn't working for me i'm like god i, I know it's been a long time since i've run vagrant but i don't remember having these problems so i actually I actually reached out to him and it reminded me and i say that because it reminded me that in vagrant you can or in homestead i, I don't know if this is just a vagrant thing but in homestead 
Joe has configured it because he's the maintainer of Homestead for Laravel, um, that you can actually assign different versions of PHP to different sites that are hosted on the Vagrant box. And I'm like, wow, I wonder if you can do that in Docker. Like, again, with Devil, Devil Box, you can, you can change the version of PHP, but again, I, I'm pretty sure it's a sweeping change. Like, it, it, you can't do this version of PHP for this site, this version of PHP for that site. I'm like, that's pretty cool. But that kind of t- speaks more to your point, John, where if you do a Docker install per project, which is what we do at Diego Dev, it, you know, it allows you to, to customize it, mm. which ironically enough, that was the project that had the wrong version of PHP. <laughs> now, you know, Homestead, well, that's just Homestead miscommunication. Has, uh, yeah. Homestead has shortcuts for switching PHP versions as well. If you type PHP 56, then mm-hmm. it'll switch the whole Homestead environment to PHP 5.6. Well, well, Brew does that too. You, you, can do, you can link and unlink different versions of PHP. But, but again, to, to John's point, th- that's system-wide changes, though. It's not per, per project. Speaking of sweeping system-wide Apple changes, how concerned are you guys about uh, <laughs> OS 11? Were we, were we speaking about? I'm not. I'm not, I'm not so much concerned about OS 11. I'll. I'm definitely going to give it some time to come out. What I'm you concerned about, it. I can run it. Yeah, it's ARM. What I no no, it's not. It, it's going to run on both. Mm-hmm. What I'm concerned about is the switch to ARM. Why would you be concerned about that? Well, a, cu- a couple of reasons. I mean, we went through this before when they when they went from whatever that chip was, the PowerPC to Intel. Where they, they, they did the exact same thing they're doing now. They have this Rosetta translation layer to kind of carry people over. But eventually, the PowerPC stuff lost support. And that's what's going to happen now with the Intel stuff, right? It's, it's, the, the clock is ticking on the Intel hardware. And, you know, it, it's probably going to be two, three years, maybe four years, ideally five years. But my Mac, my Macs have been lasting me five, six years. I mean, I physically have to break or lose a Mac before I have to, I feel like I need to upgrade it. Or just leave it in the airport. You know. You're just not going to let me live that one down, are you? (laughs) Good people in Houston returned it. I'm just saying. They're good people. So, according to Apple, the OS, the the x86 support on OS 11 will be emulated. (laughs) Right, that's the thing, and, and and this is this is the process, right? This is what they do. So it's it's the clock is ticking, and we we just had we just spoke to Eric Mann last week, and Eric Mann is uh, he does security corner for um for PHP Arch, and he's a big security guy. He, he's on to, but he's he's full in System seventy six, right up the street from you, uh, Thomas, the System seventy six guys. Uh, I think yeah. they're right there in Denver. Yeah. And I tell you, I mean, listening to him, I'm I'm thinking uh, I've been pl- I've been playing around with that idea for a while. So so here here's my issue. So back so this is why I'm thinking that it's not only Apple's changing chips. Apple is manufacturing the chips, and that's a huge overhead. So it's not going to reduce the cost of the Apple. If anything, they're probably going to increase the cost because it's not easy <laughs> creating these chips. Maintain these chips, virtualization. I mean, so much stuff that they have to take in consideration. And I don't trust Apple to do a a good enough job. B, they already locked down the hardware that they put in there. That that you know they they, they limit the hardware they get from Intel and stuff. I can't. I I don't even want to think about what they're going to do 
to their own stuff. I don't know. I, everybody's like, oh, there's going to be better performance. But I'm not that upset with my performance anymore. It's like that that better performance carrot that they're dangling out there. It should be. It doesn't it doesn't impact me. I, I just don't feel it. And and I don't know, man. I I think I'm concerned they're gonna do a bad job at it. I'm concerned that five, ten years into it, they're going to give up on it and say, This is costing us too much money. We're going back to Intel or we're going back to another system and and put everybody through that again. Can you imagine? Can you imagine i I have a theory a conspiracy theory, the people who bought the power PCs, the latest power PCs, like those those very expensive cheese graters yeah. of the Power Max, could you imagine if you were one of those people? I mean, and my I, hair I think, is not long enough anymore to have a, a man bun, no. <laughs> I, I think that that's probably the only reason they're willing to support this, this, this chip as long as they're willing to support it because they don't want to alienate those people. But I just, I don't know if I'm ready to take that ride with them anymore. I mean, I enjoy my Mac. I like my Mac, but it's not bringing a lot to the table that I can't get from a Linux machine anymore. And after talking to Eric, man, I'm, I'm with you on being ready to try a system 76. I mean, we just talked about again. it. Yeah. Docker PHP storm runs on Linux without issue. It's JavaScript. I, I mean, I used I used to be a huge Linux geek back in the late '90s, early 2000s, and once I switched to Mac, I never looked back. So I haven't I haven't tried any of the latest Linux uh, desktops. It's like and, OS X, man. It's really it's so easy. Well, and, yeah. and to talk to Eric Mann, he actually does. He just sticks with the whole Pop OS from System 76. He says it's fantastic. Yeah, and I so was I, just reading about Pop OS, which is based off of the it's based off of the new the newest version of Ubuntu, and it supports like seventy five percent of the Steam library. Mm-hmm. Like, so it can fully game now. Well, it, and it's not only game. Maybe yeah, you're right. Yeah, it was Steam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. It's it's, and I think it's more than seventy five percent actually. If I remember correctly, Steam had done some stuff. To make a bunch of Microsoft games run on it. Yeah, so it, there, there was a bunch of stuff that that got games working, but what Pop OS did was basically say like, "Hey, let's just run all that stuff for you, so you don't have to worry about it." Mm-hmm. So now it runs just like a Windows box. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, for what I for how I use systems, and I, I'm with John. When I had switched over to the Mac, I had done a bunch of stuff with Linux and. and all of our servers are obviously Linux, right? I mean, I don't, I'm sure there are other options out there, but I'm perfectly comfortable in it. And that's why I had actually switched the Mac because it had that BSD underbelly. I was very comfortable with the command line. I still spend a lot of my time on the command line. Between the command line and the browser, that's probably like, you know, a good 85, 90% of my workload. <sighs> I really feel like I could live on a, uh, on a Linux desktop because I don't know. I, do. I don't. I, do you? Say, I thought you'd switch back to Windows. That machine just has, you know, it's just running games and YouTube and and Chrome for research stuff on my third monitor. It's it's not doing any coding or any heavy lifting hmm. right now. So my my primary work environment is still a version of Ubuntu. I don't know what version. Hmm. Um, yeah, I'm considering it. Uh, I, I, we're going to have to make a decision at some point. But now, before you do, I'll let you know that uh, my Wi-Fi card is definitely protesting this. 
it disconnects every 10 seconds, 20 seconds, and reconnects immediately. Oh my which gosh. Just means that's that horrible. it's constantly throwing an error up on the screen that says disconnect. But see, that's why you need the System 76. That's that's there's, Linux built yeah, through and through. There's some fix for it. I haven't bothered looking. Mm. It's, it's just, an, it's mm. not like Windows is better. My son's keep uh, saying Windows is not activated, Windows is not activated. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you, buddy. <laughs> I'll give you another secret. I haven't even shared this, shared this with John. I, I'm getting more and more comfortable with my keyboard. Uh, I'm really starting to, and I'm getting quicker, faster, quicker and quicker with my typing. Uh, I'm nowhere near what I was before, but I've, I've been pushing through my bad habits with it. The more I'm using it and the more comfortable I'm getting, the harder time I'm having reaching for my mouse. And I've been I've been using Vim as my like editor more and more. So I still I still go back to Storm and Storm is probably again ninety percent of the editing I do in PHP, but even with Storm, I find myself reaching for the mouse a lot. So what I've been doing a lot of is I'll edit in Vim for like a couple of hours and I try to figure out what actions in Vim I'm doing that caused me to reach for a mouse and storm. And then I go back over to storm. I'm like, okay, can I remap this? Can I make this more like Vim? So that's kind of where I'm at. But as I'm doing that, I'm, I'm like finding, I'm like, Oh yeah, man, Vim is, I, I miss like just real it's in Vim. Now I, I've moved on from regular Vim. I'm on in Vim. I'm like, yeah, no, I missed this, man. This feels like everything I need to do is right here. I don't, I don't See, even need to go back to Storm. What I need for PHP Storm is a plugin that tells me when I did something in an inefficient way. It just does says, that. Hey, no, 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 like keystroke wise. If I if I type out a whole line and it says, oh, hey, you could have just hit Control V X F seven, and it would have auto filled that whole thing for you. Well, interesting. Yeah, I'm. Man, I do love my Vim. Do you remember our friend uh, Matthew Rirofini? I thought he left Zen when uh, when Zen Framework was. I thought everyone left switched Zen. Switched to Lamanas. Yeah, me too. Lamanas. Well, I got an email this morning from Mister Ofini with uh, bookmark this site and it's PHP Security Center uh, over at Zen.com and it's very interesting. So. The, the link will be in the show notes, but it's zen.com slash php-security-center. And it's basically a, a nice central location to find out all the CV uh, errors or issues with PHP currently. An interesting site, lots of great information, uh, making helping you make sure you're staying on top of your PHP versions. Uh, this is awesome, a, actually. If, if you're running an older version, you can see if there's any security issues that you need to be aware of. Oh, yeah, it goes all the way back to 5.6 stuff, huh? Nice. Yeah, you may not want to do that. I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> no, this is this is fantastic, John. This was a great find. Uh, I like the first one that shows up there. This. Remote code ex- execution. Perfect. PHP Director Iterator class accepts file names with embedded null bytes and treats them as terminating at that byte. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. And, and what's great is it 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 uh, it links to the uh, CVE, which is awesome. This is this is nice. It tells you what you need to do to fix it, which normally means upgrading. But oh, but it's, see. In, it's an incorrectly written React site, so the pagination doesn't uh, allow for back and forth clicking. Oh, there's a critical out there for seven one, seven two, and seven three. <gasps> oh, it's that remote code exploit one you, you were talking about. Uh, this is awesome. Thanks, Sean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be in the show notes. Oh, show, oh, show. All right, is that it? Jesus. Tom, are you okay? Yeah, sure. That'll be it. I'm out of. He wants to to play Rocket League. (laughs) 
Is that, is that y'all's new thing? Do you guys hang out and play Rocket Sorry, League for a while? Jason. We do a couple rounds. I wouldn't know because I'm never invited, so whatever. I get, I, I get carried pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, that could be it. I mean, episode uh, 196, I'm I'm good wrapping up. It was, a, it was a bumpy start, but I'm good for wrapping this one up. Where are we at in time? Is It's been an hour with John? Well, I guess hour it doesn't need to be an hour minutes. with John. Um, I do My have recording stuff for next week. An hour and five. We're going to talk about pay rates next week. So. We need to talk about recording times next week, but we'll, 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 we'll oh, take that we- offline. Oh, you don't want to announce it on the show so people can be prepared for next week? Uh, no, we because be recording we Wednesday. will discuss. Okay, <laughs> you guys have a good time. <laughs> we <laughs> will tell you. Did you, not, we, we did really... you not get Eric's little hesitation? Like, we'll talk about it out there. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't announce no, 100%, it 100% picked up on that, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I'm fine with the, with with people hanging out and, and and listening to us talk about, but uh, I I just figured this this is a good spot for the end of the audio podcast because let's let's go to our patreons. Thank you, patreons, for all that you do. Where's the Patreon slide? Damn it! You, cl- uh, you clicked on it earlier. There you go. Thank you, patreons. We appreciate you. I keep saying every week I will get I will get swag out to the people that need swag. I Went to storage uh, this week. Uh, just it was just overwhelming. We had to close the whole office out and uh, store. I ended up taking way more to storage than I thought I was going to end up taking. So all the Patreon stuff got buried. So I gotta, I gotta go digging through it all again. But um, but I do have lanyards in there somewhere. I will find them. I will get them to you. I'm sure we got some stickers left over. I will get those to you guys as well. Do appreciate you. Um, even if uh, I saw a couple people drop off, including, well, I'm not going to call names, but uh, as, if you dropped off and you were on Patreon long enough to receive your reward, I will make sure you get it as well, because I'm a nice enough guy. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's I think that's it. That's it. That's going to be it. episode 196 in the can. I'm Eric. I'm John. I'm Tom. Keep, Keep it, it ugly. ugly. What was that? thanks for listening to the php ugly podcast if you would like to support php ugly check out our patreon at www.patreon.com slash php ugly you can also follow php ugly on twitter at php ugly or join us in the php ugly discord channel show notes and rss feed can be found at phpugly.com. To catch the live stream, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at www.youtube.com slash phpugly. You can also subscribe to the edited podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast catcher of choice. A rating of five stars is always appreciated. And finally, thanks to our sponsor, the Diego Dev Group. If you are looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then reach out to the Diego Dev Group at diegodev.com. Until next week, keep it ugly.